The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're happy to have you here with us today. And as always, we're going to be talking about a trending topic in the world of career development, leadership development, and all that has to do with you being successful in your working life. So today, I want to go through a new report that just came out from the Career Thought Leaders. It is a white paper on strategies for the 60-plus job seeker. Now, this is an audience that is pretty specific, 60-plus because a lot of people talk about baby boomers and the issues that they face, but we found that the issues that people face are quite different if they're in their 50s and looking to you know, advance their career or possibly considering what they're going to do in their quote-unquote unretirement. The people in their 60s face greater issues perhaps and different issues because they are perhaps coming back into the workforce after semi-retiring. They're facing more discrimination when they do apply to positions and that if they are persisting in the workforce, they may have some specific reasons that they're doing that and challenges that go along with those. So why this topic? Probably not needing any explanation for those of you that are in this age group. And it's important to have a little bit of background. So people are living longer, right? And this idea that we had of retirement, even maybe five, 10 years ago, where you dreamed of not having anything to do and living off of your pension, traveling, It really doesn't exist. Even the people that have enough money to do that, who are a lot fewer than those who thought they would have enough money to do that, they are realizing that they need to contribute in a meaningful way to their communities, to their industry, whatever they define that community as. And this is actually a very good thing. Right, Lots of research has shown that when we continue to stay engaged in some way, whether it's in a volunteer capacity or paid capacity, that when we continue to have meaningful responsibilities, we continue to live longer. We're keeping our brain moving. We're actually engaged in doing something. And, of course, we have that 
deeper meaning purpose to our life that helps keep us going. The other key that is playing into this is that countries all over the world, and one of the editors for this report is in the UK, and so we get a little bit of a global perspective here, but countries all over the world are increasing their legal retirement age, that age at which you can pull your Social Security, in which you can pull your retirement savings out without penalty, because they need workers and because countries all over the world are experiencing financial issues with those pension funds, Social Security funds that they had promised those folks who are aging into those programs. And, you know, lots of private individual retirement funds aren't as healthy as people thought they were going to be, perhaps because of the decline in 2008-2009, perhaps because they didn't calculate how much they would actually need to live. Whatever the reasons are, lots of people are hitting this 60 age range and realizing that they don't have the money they would need to live that vision, even if that vision of, of retirement was realistic. And of course, people are just wanting to work longer. They're wanting to be engaged in that meaningful contribution in their community. And, you know, lots of research going on there in terms of, is this really happening and people do want to work? Yes, there are people who do want to continue to work. And so as we look at these factors, this kind of new career area has come about. Now, some people call it on core careers, right? These folks that are choosing to do something new and and reinvent themselves and have this encore career. And that fits for some people in their experience. There's the term unretirement. So this is that idea that we're not hitting the traditional idea of retirement like we thought we would. And so people are calling that the unretirement. Some people might call it a second act. Again, that refers to folks who may be retooling and thinking about doing something a little bit different. So there's all these terms running around out there and lots of people in my field in the careers industry helping individuals make that transition. And we'll talk about some of those resources as we go through today, resources that are free or groups and other ways that you can connect with the growing population of help out there if you're in this kind of transition or if you have a parent or friend who's in this type of transition. And so let's talk about two different ways that this could look. And this is important to me because I think we all experience it differently. And for the most part, when I was working with folks in this group, I typically saw two main groups arising. And these groups have kind of ebbed and flowed as the economy has shifted in terms of how many people are in one group or the other. But the first group is career persisters who are not retiring in their 60s or any time in the foreseeable future. And this persistence is perhaps not quite their choice. 
So they are working beyond the classic age of retirement. Maybe they're raising grandkids, supporting kids, or even their elderly parents who are also living longer. They might lack the sufficient savings to retire in that vision, ideal sense. Maybe because they didn't save enough, maybe because their returns or their accounts got hit really hard in the downturn, whatever that might look like. Or they may be persisting because they really like to do the work that they're currently doing. They like that compensation. They want to continue almost advancing their career like anyone at any age. They're, they're really persisting into that career. So that is one type of challenge that people in that group face where they want to be considered as a competitive candidate in their typical career field. They need to make or want to make a comparable salary to where they've been, right? They're persisting in their career like age shouldn't matter. Then you have those encore careerists. And these people may have retired or may be close to retiring. Maybe they even did retire and took some time off and traveled, or maybe they can't quite do that financially, but they have enough freedom to think about how they want to retool. They want to do something beyond volunteering or they want to volunteer in a very in-depth way. They want to be valued for their expertise. Maybe they do want to make a little money. They feel energized to pursue meaningful work. And it is some kind of transition from what they've been doing in their regular day job for however many years it's been. So they're looking for that encore, that retool, that reinvent as they move forward. So these are two separate groups with two separate kinds of issues. So let's talk a little bit about a career persister. And this was a client I had a little while ago who was in the administrative assistant realm. And when She called me for an initial consultation to see if we were going to work together. I could tell right away that she was a career persister. This is what she said. I'm working right now in an office setting, and I enjoy it. It's okay. But I'm starting to feel like they're not giving me interesting or challenging projects anymore because of my age. And I want to do interesting and challenging projects, I need to make a good salary. In fact, I'd like to be making a little bit more than I'm making right now so that I can continue saving for retirement because I'd actually like to retire at some point. And so we started working together, figured out what it was that she'd like to be doing more of, how we could communicate her existing experience in a way that sold her as the answer to an employer's problem who might be looking for someone to do those tasks she wanted to be doing more of, and then created a resume that helped her both highlight her experience, which was what she was building on, what she was selling as her value, without opening her up for age discrimination. And that's a very challenging thing to do on a resume. We'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a few minutes. And so she applied to positions, connected with some recruiters who are working in that executive support space, 
and was able to find a position with an organization that was a little bit bigger, provided a little bit more challenge, a little bit more salary. But that's a different move than someone who is in that encore careerist space. So encore careerist example was a gentleman who was in his 60s and looking to retire from a kind of that billable hours type of job. So every little minute counted all the time. Everything was track, track, track. And was looking to move into more of a consulting space. So using that same area of expertise, but transition a little bit, didn't need the promised income, could have the opportunity to have that safety net in looking to become a consultant. So we went through what things did he like from his background, were his strengths that he would want to promote or sell about himself as a service for his new consulting agency. Go through that, really design what his offerings were going to be, then design what his target audience was going to look like. Who is he going to start with? How is he going to build his client base? Doing that while being respectful to the company that he was leaving because he was staying in the same geographic area. And then that marketing plan little bit different, not necessarily a traditional resume, but how is he going to market his service to these target audiences and have something in writing? Of course, his relationships were going to be the most important piece in helping him make that transition. So two different types of folks looking for different types of transitions and facing different challenges. So when we come back in just a few minutes, we're going to go through some of the wisdom shared by our career thought leaders and the editors of of this paper. And I will give you more on that when we come back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of the future. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. The future of the future with Game Changers presented by SAP on the Business Channel. How is your work-life balance? 
In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about strategies for the 60-plus job seeker. Although if you're working with someone that is in that realm, you have a colleague or a friend, family member, this will be great information for them as well. So we've talked a little bit about the difference between folks that are persisting in their career, looking to advance, move up, keep their same kind of salary, keep the same general kind of work, and those who are encore careerists or second actors looking to venture into something more meaningful, more flexible, whatever that might look like. Although persisters may want some of those same perks, they have those other priorities when they're looking for their next gig. So in general, these people are facing some similar issues. So we'll cover those first and then we'll dive into some of the specific information for each group. So the first thing is, of course, that you're, you're being seen as a group. And usually people say baby boomers. And of course, the challenges within your age group are very different. The challenges from individual to individual are very different. So you want to be careful when you see advice columns, etc. that are written for baby boomers. Does that apply to you? Does it fit your need? If you are especially a career persister and you see all this stuff talking about how you know, you'd love to just have more meaning and more flexibility and doesn't honor your needs for stability, st- salary, whatever that might be. That can be frustrating. And I often see people who are frustrated by that approach in those writings. So just know that that's out there and there are people ready to help you with your specific situation as well. What are your disappointments around where you are? And how can you unpack those before you get into an interview? What did you think would be happening at this stage in your life? What were your expectations? What what are your disappointments? Think about that and kind of name those problems. Put those demons down on paper. Because if you don't, 
most of the time there's going to be a chip on your shoulder and people are going to recognize that when they're interviewing you, that if you are disgruntled with the idea that you still have to work, or if you're an encore careerist and you are not quite ready for people to treat you as a part-time worker, you have to unpack some of those expectations both around retirement and around work. And then really think about what have you enjoyed the most in your career? What have been the low points? And these are some great thoughts to be a starting place in your transition, whether you're persisting or thinking about retooling. And you want to think about age bias in as most objective way as possible. We tend to demonize those who have a bias against something we personally experience, while all of us, every single last one, hold some kind of bias about others. So how can you be objective about age bias? It's just another thing people are biased against. We all have biases. So think about what that fear really is. Why are they biased against older workers? Ask those questions of yourself, of the people that you've met. What do you think their fear really is? If you can uncover that and make sure that you're not playing into it, reinforcing it, or perhaps even directly addressing it, it can be to your benefit. If you're struggling in your job search, be careful about jumping to conclusions that it's about your age. And this seems simple, but it is a long process. Job search is a long process. And patience and persistence win for anyone. And I love that soundbite. It's from one of our career thought leaders, Marsha Toy Ingstrom. Patience and persistence win. And that's true for everyone. Everyone has something that someone else is biased against. Age is perhaps more prevalent, but it's not alone in being a reason people are discriminated against. And if you can unpack those attitudes, those kind of assumptions that you're being discriminated against, doesn't really matter if they're true or not, when we hold that in to us, it really does show up. And instead of being excited and showing that energy that you want to show, especially to combat some of those fears around age, when you haven't unpacked some of those things, you show up heavy under what Marsha calls your additional baggage, right? And we don't want that for you. It will creep out if we haven't found a way to really unpack it and address it. So as you're thinking about making this transition, those are some of the key areas to contemplate, to journal around, to think about. And there's many others here in in this white paper, which you can get at the Career Thought Leaders website. A few others 
um, quickly, Nancy Colomer, who does a lot of work around baby boomers, talks about really to think about what you want to happen in those years from now until you retire, what retire might actually look like. Start building those dreams. I'm not a huge vision board person, but if you are, go right ahead. Journaling is a great way as well, just to think and collect those ideas about what you want to do in your your future. So let's talk a little bit about general resume strategies. All folks in this arena are going to want to balance the idea of selling your experience, right? Communicating your value based on the specific accomplishments you've had in your past, which all employers are looking for, no matter what type of position they're hiring. They want to see specific examples of how you've accomplished similar things that they want to accomplish, how you've solved similar problems to the ones that they're facing. So you need to have those stories in there, no matter what age you are and what type of position you're applying to. And so when we go to write those stories for someone who is older, and I've used that word a lot because it's a word that I think is okay. People are afraid to use it, but that's okay. I'm not fond of seasoned and some of those words, but you're older, right? You're older than you're older than 30, you're older than 40, whatever that means. So that that is a term that you'll see a lot in this report. Don't let it throw you off. That resume must be a story today, right? It's got to tell those stories of accomplishments. And you really can't tell a story without context. So how do you tell a story with context to position yourself for success without aging yourself on paper. A lot of this is going to depend on what your aim is, but some general ideas here. Really make sure that you're using the lingo of the target employer. So this comes from one of our career thought leaders, Deborah O'Reilly. And, you know, share what really matters, share what helps build this picture of you for that employer in a way that matters. So if you only need to go back 15 or 20 years, don't go back any further than that. If you're applying for a more senior position, you're persisting, it may make sense to go further back than that. It also really is important to figure out who your audience is. Most job seekers don't do that. So no matter what your age, if you do that, you're going to be ahead of your competition. Find out what they want, right? What do they want to know about you? Figure out their why. Not just the Simon Sinek why, but all of the whys. Why is the position open? Why do they need that per- position? Why is, how does it add value to the company's overall why? Figure out where you can add the greatest value. Then you can communicate those areas specifically on your resume and find out how to represent the information to demonstrate your fit 
and create next steps for the hiring process. And fit is really a big reason that people discriminate and they don't even think about it. They discriminate young, old, male, female, cultural background. They discriminate all types of ways because they don't think that person is a fit from their culture. And it's really all we can do as a candidate is understand that culture, talk their language, communicate how we would be a fit. If we take the time to do that, we're going to have the best chance that we can of helping that individual go beyond the superficial in looking for fit. Most hiring managers don't do it out of malice or even conscious discrimination. They do it because they like to hire people like them. Everyone does. It's human nature. And if they don't have enough training to think beyond that, or they don't have a diverse enough hiring committee to bring that out, they're in some ways just destined to succumb to human nature and continue to hire people who are like them, even when it may not be the best thing for their company. So we're going to take another short break here, come back and dive into some specific strategies for those looking to persist and find life work that also earns that equal salary that exceeds where they've been or grow grow on it. And then we'll look at some specific strategies for our encore careerists, those looking to retool, rework, find that second act. We'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about strategies for the 60-plus job seeker. And we've gone through our two different groups and then some general strategies. So let's dive into some strategies for those career persisters, remembering that those are those folks who want to continue working in a typical position that they've been in their career because they want to or need to earn a salary that equals or exceeds where they've been. These folks may need, depending on their circumstance, to really understand how they feel about this. And this is hard for lots of us who don't take take the time to slow down and, and worry about how we're feeling. But I can tell you that if you don't, how you're feeling will be very apparent to everyone else. And it may not be the best sales pitch for yourself. So what is it that you thought retirement would be what is your reality, and how can you reconcile those two? And this is a great place to talk to a career counselor. It may be a great place to talk to a counselor or counselor. If you find yourself angry or depressed, work through those emotions. Your job search will thank you. If you're considering some kind of career change, so let's say that you want to keep doing something similar and you know you want to make good money, but you need something different. It's, it, you're tired of the monotony or your current position or a company just isn't working for you. Sit down and dig into that. What really isn't working? Is it the environment, the culture, the tasks? What's missing? What do you want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? What do you want to avoid? You're going to want to build on your experience to maintain that current salary level. So think about how you can bring that along. You're probably not going to be able to set it aside as as much as an encore careerist would who isn't as worried about the money, right? So you're going to have to bring that along. Dive into that experience, Think about what has been the best, what's been the worst. What do you want to build on? What's your, what are your strengths? Be careful of interest assessments that may provide feedback that is too far off your history to be helpful for where you're going to go in the future. Those assessments can be wonderful in helping someone who's thinking about making a larger transition. For you, they may just bring up painful ideas of things you would love to do if you had all the time and money in the world to make this transition. Stick to evaluating your strengths, your skills, your experience, what's missing, what do you want more of, and perhaps what do people see as your strengths can help you tap into how you want to move those forward. Then as you go into your job search, you're going to want to emphasize those things you want to move forward, whether those are skills, 
experiences, industry? What is it that you're going to move forward and really focus in on that? You may need to focus on years of experience and in a kind of what have you done for me lately employment market, we really want to focus on how do those experiences and value make a difference for someone in your future. So leading off a resume with, you know, X years of experience doesn't really help you tell people how you're going to bring value tomorrow. And people don't just do that on their resume. They do it when they're networking. One of the networking groups I go to, everyone has to give up and give their elevator speech when they are starting. And almost everyone's, you know, 10 years of experience in this, 20 plus years of experience in this, or 40 years of experience. Boy, if you don't want to be age discriminated against, don't open it up with that. And, you know, remember that you're generation has its relative strengths and find ways that you can promote those with, of course, not putting down others. What are your strengths? How can you communicate those in a way that shows value? You might say loyal, good communication skills. You've got to be able to prove that, have some examples to back that up and be specific because it's not necessarily true of everyone in your generation, of course. And of course, not be condescending and maybe even not tie it to your generation per se, but just use that to help pinpoint strengths that you can speak to specifically with with accomplishments from your own background. Don't forget that the world of work is changing And if we're too structured about what we're looking for, we might miss out on some opportunities. Deborah Ann Matthews, one of our our career experts, reminds us that the side gig world is growing. Contract workers are growing. That may be a very lucrative opportunity for you based on what you negotiate. So don't turn those opportunities down simply because they aren't the exact picture that you had in your mind. They may lead to something that's more that traditional job, or you may find that they're more lucrative than the traditional job you thought you were looking for. So when you go to actually put together your resume and you're thinking, okay, I know I need to build on my past experience. And I need to tell some great stories of that past experience. The thing you'll find most resume writers agree on is not to include actual years from the 60s, 70s, 80s, even for your degrees, although there's a little more gray in that area. In general, there's no need in any way to include actual dates from the 60s, 70s, or 80s. Sometimes I'll still do the 90s, depending on the level of position that you're targeting, what the experience in those 90s was, or if your degree was in the 90s, and leaving it off may actually make you look older than you are. We want to balance here, right? We want to show people your expertise. And if you're going for a higher level position, people want to see your progression in some way. They want to see some of that back-end career that led to where you are now. We will 
determine how much of your background is going to be applicable to that position and how much of it is going to be seen of value in terms of the level of position you're aiming for being higher. We may be able to go back further because that is more expected that that person will be older. If you're applying for a less high-level position, you may not need to go back as far. You're going to emphasize those current skills so that you are showing your current, right? What workshops have you attended recently? What classes? How can you put in that you're currently working on your skills? And you might show a third-party certificate or credential, something that shows that you are moving forward and continuing to stay on top of trends. And Ruth Pankratz, one of our other career thought leaders, suggests that you balance how many years you put on to your resume with how you're going to show up in that interview. So think of this. If you go back to your res- in your resume only 15 years, in essence, you look 35, 36, under 40 on your resume. When you walk through the door and are obviously over 40, over 50, there's going to be a disconnect with that employer. How will that look? How will that sit? And how can you walk the line there to not go far too far back, to not let them calculate your exact age while still not looking 20 on your resume so that there's that large disconnect when they then look at your LinkedIn profile and see your picture, which you need to have there, or you walk through the door or pop onto Skype for that interview. And there's that large disconnect between what's on paper and what's in person. We have to walk a line there and make sure that we're representing ourselves accurately on paper. Now, when you are marketing yourself, you do want to include what's relevant and leave off the things that aren't relevant. So you're you're age-defying your resume by making it value, not necessarily experience. And this is a hard thing for some of us who have been around and had lots of experience. You want to sell your experience, but we need to sell the value. So as Deborah Ann reminds us, of course, if you've brought in 20 in in revenue or $250,000 in revenue, that is value. If you've won new clients, expanded markets, you want to have those stories, not necessarily try to build a brand on your years of experience. What does that mean? What value has it added? And as you're building these documents for yourself, you want to, as I was talking about earlier, make sure that you're including the specifics around claims that you make. So those qualities, loyalty, communication, if you're going to include those, make sure that you're having some specific examples that show people that that really is you, that that's authentic to you. It's not something you've just copied and pasted from an ad or your old resume to your new resume. 
Showing longevity in a company can, of course, be valuable as well, as some employers may value that and see that as a competitive advantage over someone who has, quote unquote, job hopped. So if you need to go back to 98 to show that 10-year stint at a company, do it. Don't let that date get in your way. If you need to go back to 87 to show that 10-year stint at at that company, it may be worth it. You're going to have to balance showing these benefits that you want to show with walking that line and not aging yourself on paper. And I do really wish there was some hard and fast rule about don't go you know, more than 20 years back or, or whatever it is, but we really have to do what works for you based on the audience that you're targeting and the story that you want to tell, the brand you want to build that shows them that you're a fit for their company. Requires some research on your part to understand that audience, understand what they'll value, understand how far back it makes sense to go, and then a little perhaps creativity in putting something together that walks that line. We're going to take a short break and come back by and finish up by going through the strategies for our Encore careerists who are looking to make that larger transition as they look at Act 2 in their career. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, our world is faced with complex challenges that present massive potential risks. Conflict, misunderstanding, misalignment of organizations and their leadership, lost productivity, wasted time, and wasted resources resulting from limiting perspectives, distraction, and hardline positions are damaging our today and our future. The monetary cost of such failures is in the billions. Stop wasting time. Make a shift. Engage with host David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune into Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about strategies for the 60-plus Job Seeker, a white paper that came out from Career Thought Leaders a little bit ago. And the editors of this, uh, Jan Melnick and Ruth Winden, really put together some great material. Jan Melnick is a resume specialist. She's been a leader in the industry for a long time, has many books on resume and business building. And Ruth Winden, also a leader in the industry from the UK, put together some of this great research around what's going on that's causing people to continue to look for work in their 60s and then what's going on to help you do that if you're in that position. So Ruth also put together an idea around framing your approach if you're in this encore careerist phase. So encore careerists being folks that are looking for new opportunities, they are more committed to their lifestyle and flexibility than really the money, although maybe that they get to make great money. They're really looking for that next chapter, something that adds value beyond where they've been in their career. Second act, encore, that type of language is usually what we hear people talking about here. So Ruth recommends that you evaluate these areas, and it spells champion to help you remember. Community, health, aspirations, money, purpose, interest, opportunities, and your non-negotiables. So community, what does your community look like? Health, how is your health? What are you going to do to continue working on that? How is that going to balance in your career? Aspirations, what are your personal and career aspirations? What is it that you always wanted to do but never had the opportunity to explore? Money, what do you need? How? What gap might you need to fill? How are you going to keep your fingers on that so that if things change, you can adapt? Purpose, what matters to you? What would make your career and life worthwhile? What piques your interest? What fascinates you? What do you want to explore, learn, and master over the coming years? Opportunities, what are those opportunities that you see? And how can you maybe even you know, condition yourself to look for opportunities. And then looking ahead at the next five to 10 years, what are those non-negotiables? What must you have? What must you do? One of the speakers I was just listening to earlier this week or, or last week, I guess on Friday, was talking about what would you die if you could not do? And that comes from Toni Morrison, sat down and, and wrote that, I must do this or I would die. What are those things? For her, it was being a mother and writing. 
What are those things for you? Wendy Gaikama, one of our other career experts, talks in three steps. Dreaming big, so giving yourself the opportunity to vision. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Then really dig into who you are. What are you passionate about? What are your strengths? What do you always end up doing no matter where you are? I love that question from Wendy. Then try it out. Start taking on roles that give you opportunities to do some of those things you're passionate about, interested in. As you're an encore careerist, your network will be very important. As my story of my gentleman that was going to start the consulting agency. When you're making a transition, really anyone at any age making a transition, the network is going to be important because you're not going to look great on paper. When you're an encore careerist and you're 60 plus, you'll probably have great experiences that you can translate to that new job and still your network will be important. Who are those connectors? Who are those people that are going to help you make this transition? It may feel like some opportunities are out of touch because they would require too much, more schooling, whatever that might be, but be careful of shutting those doors too early. I think we talked a few weeks ago about a lady I met at the library who was 60 plus and had just finished her vet tech certificate. It doesn't have to be ruled out just because it might require some education. So when you go to write your resume, just like any other resume, you are wanting to be really clued in on why you are doing what you're doing and how it matches with what the employer needs. So it's going to be important for you to be able to answer the why this, why now question. Why do you want to be a vet tech when you've had 15, 20 years experience as an administrative assistant or whatever it might be? And then more importantly, how will those skills add value to that employer? It's great that you want to make this transition and telling the story of that will be appropriate at some point in time. And we have to remember that the employer's first job is to meet their need. So what's that need? How do you meet it? And then building that story around that transition for yourself. Tell that story. And storytelling will be one of your best places to go because you have lots of great stories. It's simply understanding how to reframe them and retell them in a way that makes sense for the future employer in a language that connects with their needs. Ask great questions, right? Know what your strengths are. Know what have asked the tough questions of yourself. And then be ready to put a spin on your experience, as Laurie Burnson says. Be able to talk about your wisdom in a value-add way. And as you're re-entering the workforce, if you are re-entering the workforce after being out, you know, really find ways to show how you've been contributing if you do have a gap. So, As you think about making a transition, of course there are hurdles and barriers, and we know that age discrimination exists. 
I encourage you to think about what is in your power to do about that. What can you do about that? We know that employers are starting to realize that this this is a necessity for their businesses to live. They're going to have to hire people who are older. The workforce just isn't big enough in, in many countries, including the U.S. and the U.K., for them to continue to ignore the older worker. So as you think about how you can market yourself, know that that transition is happening. Find ways to connect with organizations that do value your experience. Don't feel obliged to hide your experience. It may even hurt you to do so. Really think about what makes sense, where those experiences and needs connect so that you can show how you add value. And feel free to go to www.careerthoughtleaders.com and there is a white paper there on the 60 plus job seeker under papers and journals. It will be a, a resource for you if you're in that audience. Great feedback from leaders in the industry and some actionable tips to move you forward. We'll be back here again next week on the Career Confidant and look forward to seeing you then. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.